Welcome to the Brave New Workforce. I'm Larry Cornett, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, smiling as ever, Anna Codina and Trip Odell. Where is this voice coming from, Larry? Sexy Cornette. Is that is, is more it, like it? What's the the dulcet losing the voice, Cornette? Talking to if you talk all day long and you lose your voice, it starts to sound like this. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's not fun, actually. It doesn't feel good, but. Um, they used so to we, be uh, a thing called uh, in the Lord of the Rings. They call it, they called it like grim, uh, golem tea, because golem like, would blow out his throat muscles all the time. So literally, oh he would, really? Yeah, he would be. He would have a large canister of golem tea. It was well labeled um, for him to basically just drink honey, hot tea the whole time on filming. But that has nothing to do, and that's no such thing as a segue to today's guest. <laughs> that's just that's just not a good segue. No, <laughs> no. To, we've been talking, even before we hit record today, a lot about personal identity, security, crypto, talking about NFTs, just trying to make sense of this, this whole future space that is coming. And deepfakes. We were talking about deepfakes and... The fact that it's getting harder and harder to tell when something is a deep fake and there's going to be a real need for true verifiable identity so that people can say, that's not me. And there's proof that it really isn't them. So let's back up the gobbledygook nerd talk and let's let's, <laughs> let's usually def- you're the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened this week? How did I become the nerd? Well, I Go mean, on, when you start throwing around terms one. like NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are these new things that people are selling, they're selling these these essentially digital signatures uh, for millions of dollars. You know, you get a picture of a of a cat GIF uh, or a picture of somebody's painting, and that it is signed with one of these unique pieces of code that's it's a it's a non-fungible token is what it's sort of it's sort of like bitcoin but it can't be broken up like bitcoin it's unique like the mona lisa there's only one of them um and that's kind of interesting and we've got this other problem of ai and machine learning being able to fake videos very very convincingly or fake somebody's voice like Descript has a overdub feature that can actually make it sound like my voice. It did. It sounded just like Trip. Uh, and it went and we just copied and pasted a long line of text so it sounded even more like me because it just kept talking and talking. But that brings it back to like what is real? What is authentic? What is real? What is unique in a world where everything can be copy and pasted? And that's why our friend Desmond is on the podcast. So yeah. Larry, why don't you introduce Desmond? So Desmond Chan, he's the vice president of product management at Zumigo. And if you haven't heard of Zumigo, they're looking at trying to create a frictionless and secure identity experience for SaaS solutions, mobile solutions, really looking at fintech and e-commerce and basically trying to solve some of the problems that we were just talking about. It's like, how do you give people a way to verify their identity, keep their transactions secure, keep their banking secure, especially in a mobile world where we're doing a lot of this stuff from our phones? Uh, Desmond and I actually go way back. Uh, we worked together at eBay many, many years ago, and he went on to do a ton of great work at PayPal as well. So he has deep expertise in payments, online payments, mobile solutions like this, and now getting into the the wild world of security and fintech, 
Desmond, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit more about what Zumigo is and what you guys are doing, the solution that you provide. Yeah, Zumigo is uh, founded by uh, a group of uh, engineers who actually worked on uh, SMS messaging deliveries, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So, and they sold that business to Ver- uh, VeriSign, uh, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, and then they got bored from retirement and came back out, started Sumigo, leveraging the, those uh, mobile uh, messaging um, uh, knowledge, right? So with that, we st- our, our, really our, our product lines and our premise is given, you know, w- traditionally your social security number is your identity, right? National identity. However, you know, you don't want to use give it to anyone because for obvious reasons, right? People apply credit cards on your, with your, you know, with your social security number, but your phone number is pretty public and your mobile phone number is very portable now. You can go move from East Coast to West Coast, keeping the same number, moving around different mobile companies. So we are saying your mobile number is very static and it has a lot of good set of um, uh, personal information that we could, leverage and verify with user's permission, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. So our core business is to, get, you know, we work with our fintech and bank clients, right? So largest banks in the US we use us. And they said, well, here's this phone number, Desmond's phone number, and his Desmond's name and address. See, verify is if the, if the information is given us to us during registration is correct. And mm-hmm. if it's correct, okay. then, you know, they attack it a certain way, right? And then when I, you know, when I go to Bank of America or other places, they said, well, okay, is this, you know, either when I log in, right? So, or if I say, oh, I forgot my password, send me a new password on my phone. So before they send the send send the password to my phone, they would then check with, uh, you know, coming like Sumigo to see if this phone number is still uh, belongs to Desmond. Is it, has it been ported? Has somebody oh, ha- cool. uh, hijacked his SIM card uh, recently? Right. right. That's a high risk situation. And, and, and if so, don't send the uh, one-time passcode to his phone. Um, and, and so that's a basic what we do, right? But we extend it beyond that, right? And, but it was still based on the premise of their phone number being a unique identifier. Uh, and we can, you know, go in to look at, you know, additional information associated with this user with third party data uh, to do, you know, a lot of sites and especially banks and e-commerce sites need to do your, what, what we call the KYC, know your customer check, right? So we would do this silent check be, uh, behind the scene for our, you know, e-commerce and, and FinTech customers. Uh, so, so they don't have to go through heavy, you know, heavy, heavy, you know, uh, duty fric- uh, exp- user experience with a lot of friction, right? We can that's pretty soft cool. check it in the background. I don't think people realize how much of a problem that is, and and I didn't until maybe about a year, year and a half ago, that your phone number could be hijacked. You know, it's like basically somebody could call in and transfer the your phone number. Yeah, yeah, you know the problem. So I've put some extra security barriers in place so that doesn't happen uh, because everybody's doing it. They're sending these SMS verifications to their phone to log into their bank or to their whatever account, not realizing that could be hijacked. And now people have access to your bank account. So what you guys are doing is super important. I don't know if as many people realize it as should, except well, for Anna. 
it's really <laughs> it's really interesting though because the founder the founders of the company were working at VeriSign, which is actually one of the earliest things on the internet around verifying that this is for real that the, these people were here when you know when, when the, that this is legit right. and dependable and it was sort of in the stone age of the internet and things there's That's this right. constant arms race of making sure something is real and the phone number is something that is you only have one of them typically it's your mobile number but i get a lot of calls from the chinese embassy uh, or spoofing the Chinese embassy because I have a Bay Area People are phone coming to arrest that, you. Yeah. That, yeah. that I've had for 10 years. And uh, I'm sure it was, would be a lot scarier if I spoke Mandarin uh, about these me- automated messages coming from these numbers that have been spoofed over and over and over again. And, and so what you're doing is like, how do you verify that this is actually a number coming from a known device from this person that it's in this location? That's a, that's a hard problem to solve. Yeah, um, it's still a problem. I think we our solution doesn't really solve these, but there are companies actually have, uh, you know, the the connection information between two points, right? So if they want to monetize some of these, they actually could. I think some of these mobile, you know, like T-Mobile and Verizon, they have an app that you can install and pay two or three dollars a month to kind of look at the the calling, com- you know, spam call coming in and filter them. But like, you know, it, it's like, okay, if you filter the one out, then if they just make up a new number going forward, yeah. can they verify <laughs> it in real time? I think that's some of these um, companies actually might have access, what they call the SS7 layer, where this is where the mobile number exchange is, the calling number and the receiving number, all the exchange happen at SS7 layer. But only like a handful of companies have access to it. My company used to have access to it like three, four years ago. Uh, but then for whatever reason, I think the, 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 the access got closed down really a lot, it's probably because of privacy reason. Yeah, my biggest thing is that, you know, I have a U.S. number, but I'm not in the U.S. So the best option for me is using like a Google. Po- I ported my T-Mobile number into Google. And now the problem I'm receiving is that nobody thinks it's a real number. So it's right. like I and I need a phone. I need a U.S. phone number right, to do right. basic things like banking so shady. In the US. this is shadiness coming back <laughs> to bite not, you anna it's not it's me being international like i feel like i understand the this has nothing to do with you desmond i'm just venting my my grievances um it's just so irritating to like get the sms verification when you can't get it <laughs> right and but then they, you right, are right, locked right, out right, you're basically yeah. if you don't have access to your a few us phone number or it's not like a valid one because it's not on like the three like verizon t-mobile and sprint networks then mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. you are discounted even though i feel like google should be considered i mean they're a wide organ i just don't understand i don't understand this world at well, all the, so but i think that that's the biggest part of the problem i mean when they talk about crypto people are usually talking about cryptocurrency and blockchain, but cryptology, sort of the code breaking, how do you verify, how do you know that it's safe to, to communicate uh, a message, you know, on this connection? The fact is, is that it's all these big corporations that are, that are controlling this. Like your company got cut off from it. You know, you've got uh, the federal government that issues social security numbers. I mean, what is that? Like 12 digits, 11 digits or whatever. I, uh, it, <laughs> nine nine. it's nine it's nine so a phone number is only like 
10. That's only like, that's only like plus one. I mean, like making that unique and that the fact that the way that blockchain works is that it, it's actually something that can be verified from multiple computing clusters to say that this is the thing, this is actually real. And yeah. really what we're the talking ledger. about yeah. is how do you know when you're talking about deep fakes, when you're talking about NFTs, when you're talking about identity, you're talking about, is this a real person? And that's sort of one of the biggest challenges. And who gets to control determining whether you are right. a real person? And I think that's really important in where we're going in this economy, because if your work becomes portable or you work overseas or what what have you, that's payments, all of these things. That's a lot of what's happening in this disruption. It seems like that's a really complicated but interesting place to be yeah. working right now. That is one of the biggest problems is um, because I work with people and Anna's obviously in Costa Rica and I work with clients and people are working with me from all over the world. The cross-border payments is still a pain. Like I use Stripe for processing and I have people like, oh, I can't use Stripe in my country. And so even in this day and age. Yep. I can't, I don't, I don't have Stripe. I do not have Stripe in my country. And nor does like Venmo work. Nothing works. PayPal kind of works. Um, but that's a recent development, like six years ago, eight, seven years ago. And even then it's a huge pain to get right. PayPal money into your local bank money. You can only use one bank in Costa Rica and it's a limit of no more than $800, I think. And you have to use the bank's interface to enter into the PayPal interface, which is down at least four times a week. So it is impossible to get PayPal money yeah, I think the out point is you would think at this currency. point in 2021 that this would be a solved issue and it's not I mean that's and I guess that's both irritating but also exciting for folks that work in tech and in these solution spaces that it's not a solved problem so somebody could come along and address it and it's the thing I think I that's also, interesting you guys are platform agnostic right so you work with anyone any kind of credit card processing you know banks, I mean, potentially you could work with any of these providers. Yeah, we are. I think the, you know, we work with a lot of different, you know, mobile carriers in different countries. Um, I think the, 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 the challenge is, is, you know, in the U.S. is a big four, three or four, right? It's got AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and T-Mobile is playing the same now. So this big three plus all the other prepay and, and virtue um, uh, network operators, right? So not every of these uh, mobile mo operators play ball well. And some of them have, you know, AT&T has its own rules. And, and so you go to other countries, right, in Europe, they also have three, four different operators, and sometimes more. So you got to like, have relationship and, and connection, in, technical connection into those um, operators, uh, right? And that takes a lot of time. And then go, like, expanding to, like, you know, other countries like you know Latin, Costa Rica, you know those also takes more time, right? And language barrier, you know, you know, speaking Spanish, Portuguese, and and just the regulation is different too, uh, and the capability sometimes not quite there in in you know from Latin versus you know U.S. and and Europe. So some of our capabilities has to be okay. What can we do? Because we have a lot of 
all of the features, very individual features. Like we, we can verify your phone number, we can verify your name, we can actually verify that you're holding the phone number that you are talking you claiming you have, right? Instead oh, really? of sending you an OTP, <laughs> one-time passcode to your text messages and you type it back in, you know, if you're on a mobile network and you're on the web page, we can actually verify that you are holding the phone number, that's the phone cool. that you claim the phone number automatically in the back end, right? So that's really powerful, but it doesn't work in every country. Um, but but we, our premise is if you're holding the phone that you, you actually paid money for at T-Mobile, then it's very unlikely that somebody else is holding your phone, right? Um, especially your account is status is up to date. There's you know nothing changes. You know you've been you've been with the company you know T-Mobile for a year or two, right? So those are the indication that is, is that you are who you are, right? Um, and then I think there are other additional signals that especially in the e-commerce space, right? There are also additional signals around. Um, authenticating the card, right? And but but if you have the card with you, if your you know your card number C V V uh and expiration day, you know, you are pretty much like okay, so you own the card, holding the card, and then you have the phone. If you you know, if you triangulate the card and the phone, you're pretty you know, you're gonna narrow down the fraud problem to a very small population, right? So so in, in fraud, we even try to catch everyone, you know. You know, all the bad guys. We just try to slow down the bad guys so that so that it's not profitable for them to attack you. That's right? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's you're you're essentially just is uh, it's like the old metaphor. If you're running away from a bear, you just need to be faster than the next guy. Right? Exactly. Uh, yep. uh, because you're 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 trying to prevent the thieves. You're trying to make so, prevent make it hard for them. To, to do it, that they'll go right, find a right. softer target. Yeah, it, at volume, right? So yeah. So so if you just rob someone and grab the phone from them, or grab a wallet from them, okay, it's nothing much. We can verify that this is not you. But if you you cannot rob a million people, right? Because the bad guy is trying to do like his huge volume attack all the time. The four of us have been on the internet for so long that uh, I mean, our data is out there on the dark web. You know, like it's out there it's on the secret, on the secret. I mean, I was part of the Adobe hack. I was part of the, you know, oh, God, it, the yes. Experian yeah. hack. Like every, I don't like looking every, at that list. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got every a account. My MySpace got hacked. Ugh. Larry, that, you that need to shut tell, down your MySpace you account. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should close it. Yeah. I don't know. But, but, the, but I mean, you have, you do, people have all the, I'm sure I have Yahoo accounts lying around that I haven't logged into for years. Yes. Um, yes. And the, uh, and people, you know, people pass away, uh, you know, and shutting down those accounts. There's something where we're always waiting for these big companies and these third parties to sort of agree that this is a person. And I almost wish like I could have something where it's like, no, I am a person and this is tied to my biometrics, my DNA, my face, my, you yeah. know, um, you know what this reminds me of, Trip? Is this reminds me of the conversation around individuals getting to own their health record, and this is very close. It's like I should be able to be the source of truth and own my identity and grant access to it to banks or whoever needs it, rather than everyone having copies of my identity that they don't take care of, which is a huge problem because that's all those breaches mean now someone else has access. 
because you have a copy of it. But if we change that whole model, that could be really interesting. Well, and Desmond, you were talking about something along this line uh, a few minutes ago before we before we started recording. Um, you know, there's this notion of smart contracts that are working on a blockchain, like that they, you know, and for people that freelance, when uh, you you do a contract and you have deliverables, and then you have to wait 30 or 90 days for somebody to pay you, uh, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, the whole thing about PayPal when it when it shipped was the idea that, no, you've got to put the money up there and we're going to hold it in escrow. We're going to make sure that, yeah, the money's there. And then right, when, right. when the thing arrives, then we'll let the money go and, and it's not lost. Um, that smart contracts kind of operate in the same way where the, the customer has to put the money up and that you've, they've, they've approved it and you've met the terms of the contract and the money gets, or the signatures or something executes based when certain conditions get met. But in these big companies, what you were talking about is that you had granted a system access to one of your accounts, uh, and it was checking, and you couldn't you couldn't turn it off. You you know right. you were the person that owned that account, owned that resource. Like, what was the problem there? Like, what? T- tell us about that. Yeah. So typically, like if you have PayPal or some other online wallet, right? So you need to provide a you know your bank as a funding instrument into the wallet right so my paypal account has my you know bank account linked to it right so so one the problem paypal said well i yeah you give me the you know checking account number and the routing number how do i know this account actually belongs to you instead of belonging to to larry right so what traditionally what they, they would do is they would do something called a random deposit they deposit you know you know 15 cents and 23 cents couple of times and then in in five days or in the old days you get the statement in 30 days you look at the statement <laughs> right. of those transactions go back and, and to paypal and type it in right so that's the time delay ha- has this huge impact in verifying the user uh, account so then somebody smart came up with this concept what if you know everybody has this online bank account credential now why, why don't we, if we ask the user to trust us and give us the you know your you know Chase Bank account number and log in and password and then we will be on be on your behalf log into that um to to your the Chase uh, Bank account and get your balance and see when you get paid and how much money you spend every month then we can set up a profile to see one if you're trying to buy that you know fifty dollars item you know online with PayPal. Or and and but with funded by your bank account, we you know PayPal can look into the bank your bank account and say oh this is a, you know the hundred dollars there, and 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 you haven't have any expenses coming in so or historical uh, transaction that would impact the the retrieval of fifty dollars right because the problem is is you know the with bank. Um, transfer it takes several days with ACH ACH stands for automatic clearing house right it takes several days in the US typically so by the time that PayPal approves that transaction front so, so PayPal essentially give you a loan front that money mm-hmm. to the merchants and and in three days get the money back but there are like some percentage of times that you don't get uh, PayPal right. doesn't get it back right so they said well to in order to fund it with with minimum loss I they need to understand how much balance you have 
or with mm-hmm. what you're if they're trying to give you a loan for like buy now pay later right they don't want to know your your transaction history they know they want to know if you have automatic uh you know deposit from your job right if you so okay you, you have you know five thousand dollars coming every month okay that's good you got money coming in tomorrow two days later they can receive the money with uh minimal losses in, on the average so that's the thing like you, you have to it's great for the PayPal and all these institutions right, right. that, that will them. leverage this kind of services from Plaque or Yoli or even Mint, right? Uh, but you got to have a lot of trust on on yeah, these platforms. Yeah. You might trust PayPal, but do you trust the other service provider who who retrieve the bank, you know, banking information on behalf of PayPal and other places? And how do you control it? And the terrifying right. thing is that you're trusting the judgment of somebody that's maybe three years out of college to know what the right thing to do is, right? So like, (laughs) you know, one of the things that was kind of scandalous around Venmo early on was uh, if you connected that to your social media accounts, it was saying like, uh, it was, it was, it was publishing. Every transaction. (laughs) Every transaction from one person to another, what you were doing. And they just opted it in and just made it public. And so you could see what all your friends were doing. Yeah, which that's was, crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's in, it's invasive, and it's they decide what's okay. Uh, and I think like it would be really great to be able to say, no, I don't think you need that information. You know, like prove to me, and I want to be able to take that information away whenever I want to. You know, the 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 Vamo, you know, product folks that I work with were very proud of that social media feature. They claimed that all their user loved it that's like yeah college tell kids the world that yeah. I, I just spent five <laughs> bucks on for for uh you know some starbucks like lunch right so i think they developed a feature uh, uh, an option to opt out of it you know a, you know a couple of years ago but then we're like i i think it just i think they designed it for a reason you know that so that they vamo could stand you know out from you know, PayPal or some other wallet, uh, P2P uh, app. Um, but I think they had a lot, well, I, I shouldn't say too much about their operation in the podcast. Okay. Yeah, but, I uh, but I think they, they had a lot of challenges uh, because of the openness. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I guess it's one of those things where it's, and you know, it's it's unfair to 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 call out like one company. I mean, every I, mean, I worked at Amazon, like lots of <laughs> nothing bad the, happened there, did yeah, it? Yeah, nothing, nothing ever. Nothing. No, there were no mistakes made. Uh, but the but there's there's an aspect of this where you're always trusting someone else's judgment, whether it's the credit rating agencies or the banks or the phone companies or the government or whomever with you are who you say you are because we believe that mm-hmm. and um you're worth this right you have this much money and you're trustworthy right, right. yeah yeah your fico score your credit history someone else is com- you know compiling it with that much of you don't have a whole lot of control yeah so desmond if people want to learn more about this space and you're you're clearly one of the biggest experts that we know in this space where can they find you? Uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Desmond Chan, MIT. There you go. There you go. Where'd you go to school again? <laughs> that place in, uh, you know, Cambridge. Little, little school. Little yeah. school. Yeah. I hear they're good at math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Desmond, for joining us and on such quick notice to come and talk about such an important topic because it's it's only going to get to be a bigger issue as we're all seeing in the coming years. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much, Desmond. Anna, where can they learn about us? Yeah, you can find us at thebraveworkforce.com. You can also email me at Anna at thebraveworkforce.com. And Trip, words of wisdom I, I, from the I, other side. I don't know. I, like that, I, I'm... Uh, <laughs> Just keep putting what? one foot no, in front of the other. More secure point. days are ahead. Yeah, yeah exactly. How, how do I know? How do you how know many, it's me, Anna? How, how do you many know times? it's me? It how can, many I know some fake right now, but me and my deep fake. We need to get do it together. We're going to keep outro. Uh, yeah, and we're going to put one foot in front of the other, and hopefully, yeah. better, more, I, personally identifiable days are ahead. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I I hate you. I hate you. <laughs>